And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Athletic Baseball Show for Thursday, July 13th. This is On Deck. I'm Stephen Nesbitt, and I'm joined by Levi Weaver, who is every bit of an all-star in my book. Levi, how was your, how was your break? It was good. You say that as if anybody in baseball gets a break now during the all-star break. You know, the draft happens and, of course, writing a newsletter. I'm still writing on home run derby and all-star games and all of that. So uh, I will let you know when I get a break. On today's show, though, since we're not taking a break today, we are uh, we are going to take some all-star takeaways. We are going to talk about our top series for the weekend. Uh, we are obviously going to make our arms race picks, which is my favorite portion of the show. And in honor of this week's story on the beginning of First Take, Stephen and I are going to embrace some debate. Stephen knows, or claims to know, the difference between raccoons and badgers. They're the same thing. But he's going to try. Welcome to the show. No, I can do this. I'm a Midwest man. I know how to do this. When I was an intern, uh, right after graduating college, intern at the Indianapolis Star, the Pacers had a home game against the Knicks in the playoffs. Uh, they had me go cover it, like, first day in town. I'm walking along the baseline, and I just hear people chanting, Stephen J, Stephen J. And I'm like, whoa, I just got to town. And I look next to me, and Stephen A. Smith is walking right next to me. So mistaken uh, identity. I don't know why they're chanting for me. But, hey, I want to talk to you a little bit of the – as we – Say in our family, the happies and crappies from All-Star Week. I don't know if you were too plugged into the Futures game or the draft, but I figured we'd touch on the Home Run Derby, which Vladdy Guerrero Jr. won, and uh, the All-Star game itself, which the National League won on Elias Diaz Homer in the, I believe it was the eighth inning. I got to start off with my crappy. I wasn't there. That was my that was my promise to the, the good listeners of On Deck, and we ended up having the plague descend upon our house. Kids are fine now. I'm still getting crushed, so this is, uh, as they call the... Uh, the SJ flu game. So you're going to enjoy this. Please watch this one on YouTube. You're going to like how I look. You probably see some sweat beads and everything. So let's get to your happies and crappies first. First of all, I don't like all-star uniforms. I don't think I'm alone in that. I am probably grumpier than most. Just let the players wear their own uniforms. That used to be such a cool thing. You'd see like Bo Jackson up there in his Royals uniform and, you know, Tim Raines in his White Sox uniform. And like, oh, that's so cool. You get to see all these uniforms on the field at the same time. And MLB is like, no, let's replace this by something that looks like it was designed in MLB The Show by some 14-year-old in Omaha who owns like seven puka shell necklaces and at least Yo, three pieces of No Fear gear from the 1990s. They're just so bad. They're like, even a reasonably good design is still bad because so much of baseball and this, this is a grander theory of mine, right? When a team hires a new announcer, it doesn't matter how good the announcer is. Everybody hates the announcer for the first year because every day that becomes almost like part of your chosen family that you're used to hearing that voice. You're used to hearing that style of broadcasting is something new is different when you're used to having something the same way and it's a comfort to you every day. The uniforms are the same way. I don't care if the uniforms had been good. 
I mean, I'm sure there is a good uniform that they could have that I'd be like, oh, that, that looks really nice for a one-time, one-off thing. But just let the players wear their own uniforms. It is not a difficult thing to do. If baseball wants to sell some things, I came up with this idea during the Home Run Derby. Did you see all the players with their like designed bats? Like you can't use these bats in games, right? But they have like their own design on the bats. Adolis Garcia had one that had been painted with his face on it. Julio Rodriguez had that yellow, look like Wu-Tang Clan from a distance. Sell those. Work with the designers. Put those up on the site. Sell those. Let them use those in games even. I think that would be great. A great way of expression for the for the players. Uh, I didn't expect to get full on ranty today, but here I am ranting about uniforms. To jump in on the on the jerseys because it's it is it's almost like that people think it's an unpopular opinion or something. But I think Tyler Kepner wrote in the Times like people who love baseball are saying this all the time like these jerseys are terrible, let them go. But people retweet it and like preach like thankfully someone's saying it. It's like no, no I think we all feel everybody this feels way. the same way. Everyone feels the same way, and it just feels like there are so many other places, as you mentioned, with those bats for Major League Baseball to win. If you need to auction something off, like rip some seats out, okay? Like like put the uh, you know shreds of ball into a little glass case and, and send it off to people. Like, I don't even care if they use the jerseys for the home run derby. Fine. Get your special designs in so you can put those up on the site and sell those caps. Grant Brisby brought up a, a good point last, last night when I was texting with him. He was like, nobody buys the pants. There's no reason for the pants to look like the slacks of a Honda salesman. Like, make your special hats if you need to make a buck, but come on. What the challenge should be is they they should have like a designer contest or something where if you're going to make these jerseys, then you have to, for the National League jersey, have some element of every National League team's logo or jersey in your design. And so then you say, okay, we made our own, but there's something there's something from every team in this design other than like, oh, it's Seattle. So let's use kind of blues and greens. Do you remember the hats that New Era made a few years ago that was like... They tried to the Im- implement, no, all the like little oh. elements from the city. And they're like, let's put burritos on it and let's put a palm tree on it. And it just looked like somebody gave the the hat like a full sleeve tattoo, but not from a professional tattoo artist. It came from like some guy in college that was on meth and decided he wanted to put all of these designs on your head. That's what it would look like if they tried to implement 15 team designs into one uniform. Let's go. I'm here for the chaos. I appreciate your thinking outside the box. It in practice would be horrifying okay so home run derby this again is a is a pretty common take but the start of it was great i i really enjoyed the first round a lot i don't know what they do beyond that to capture the excitement because it behooves a guy to not necessarily have the greatest first round so you have the energy for the second one i didn't think vladdy had it in him after he was so gassed at the end of that first round a rosarena too looked like he was sucking air and you just want like that scripted moment where julio wins it but you know didn't happen So I want to get back to that in just a second, but I do have an idea how they could make the home run derby a little more interesting is just the first round is home run derby. And after that, we go to the skills competition that everybody talks about would be cool to see. So it's like a home run throw accuracy bunt derby and home runs are the first round and you can advance onto the throws. So you better be good at home runs, but past that, you better have some other skills so that you're not wearing yourself out on the home runs. And then, you know, looking gassed in the, in the future rounds, you should have to, uh, they have to have like velocity, like a pitch speed competition. Teams would never go for that though. Well, they wouldn't because they would tell Shohei, please dial it back. And he'd have to do the mental math. They'd have him go first. He'd have to do the math. Like, I think if I throw 93, that's probably good enough to do it. And then Acuna just like gasses up to eight, 98 and he loses. So I, I don't know. We, we're onto some terrible ideas here. Yes, we are. In that moment though, in the, in the home run derby, you expected Julio to maybe pull it off and have this Hollywood moment of uh, winning the home run derby in his hometown. There was another one the very next night where it's the all-star game. It's the ninth inning, two outs. 
the uh, AL is trailing by a run and Craig Kimbrell walks Kyle Tucker. And now you've got Julio Rodriguez up, two outs, bottom of the ninth, playing in front of the hometown. Everybody's chanting, Julio, Julio. And you're like, here it comes, a walk-off home run. This guy's home run derby royalty. He is going to walk it off and that stadium is going to implode to the ground and baseball will be canceled forever because we will have hit the peak. He walked and then... Jose Ramirez struck out and that was the end of the game. So that was really uh, a bit of a letdown, but it was a cool moment while it lasted. You're like hanging on every pitch. Like, is this the one? Is he going to do it? Is this the end of baseball? Did we, did we solve the problem? No, no we didn't solve anything. The game winner instead comes off the bat of Elias Diaz, who uh, I know pretty well from his time in Pittsburgh. He was a backup catcher until he was 30 years old. He has found a starting job in, in Colorado. Very cool to watch his uh, trajectory here as a guy who never had any designs or or uh, expectations of making an all-star game uh, was able to talk to him a few weeks back in Arizona when I was there. And, and he was just like lighting up the idea. It was a month before they announced the teams lighting up at the very idea, but like barely wanted to talk about it, getting into the all-star game. The video that Rockies put out of when uh, Bud Black told them about it, he breaks down in, in tears in the, in the clubhouse and then to win the game. Pretty cool. A guy, you know, I wouldn't, you wouldn't bet on him making another all-star game for him to capitalize on it. And that moment was great. But the bigger point I wanted to, to touch on before we move on was um, the broadcast of the all-star game. I think they have figured out, well, here's the deal. You can't count on having an entertaining game. And I think it was a pretty good baseball game. The problem is you just have the best pitchers in the world pitching. And so it's going to be hard to hit. And so a 3-2 game is about what we expect. I don't remember the score last Especially year. Especially on the West Coast similar. too, where the sun's still kind of up and you got the shadows. That's not a really ideal place to to try and get your best offense in. Yeah, so we've had a couple years in a row where it's it's a hit here, a, a hit here, a run here, a run there. So what they've done in the in the interim is say, well, we're gonna we're gonna get all the bells and whistles we can as far as the broadcast. I think they've done a nice job of it. I think they just have to lean in harder. You know, we had Garrett Cole uh, delighting in Gar- uh, Garcia and Arozarena catching, uh, I guess, stealing extra base hits in the first inning. Maybe it's like every pitcher needs to be mic'd up or something. But the moments when they were mic'd up, they're great. You you you're like leaning forward to hear what they're saying. Eovaldi mic'd up in the second inning was great. The JD Martinez at back sort of talking through his options you know i like my splitter here and then he uh, want, want to challenge him with a heater and then and then uh, throws a heater right in the middle of the zone and like oh damn it and then you have eovaldi and corbin carroll going head to head and like laughing at each other because uh, they're both mic'd up they're talking to each other they're in each other's ear that's just funny this is not going to be a 150 149 basketball game and you're not going to count on like a 2019 game the pitchers are just too good so everything you can do to add the bells and whistles i'm here for and especially now that they've scrapped the silly idea of the all-star game determining home field advantage in the world series so it truly is just an exhibition game so it's great it doesn't matter who wins just let's showcase the biggest stars let's showcase their personalities in a way that we can't do in a regular season game where it matters i love it i think it's great the more access the better looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Our top series for the week, my series, is going to be the Astros and the Angels. I want to take you back to June 27th, which was not that long ago. The Angels were in second place. They were just five games out of first, despite the Rangers getting out to a really hot start. The Rangers, since then, they're they're three and seven in their last 10 games. The Rangers are struggling. There's been an opportunity for the Angels. And despite the first place team going three and seven in their last 10, the Angels are now in fourth place and seven and a half games out of first, where they were five games out. They're five games out of second place now. They have been passed by Seattle. All of the injuries happened on July 4th. Mike Trout's out for a little longer. Otani has a blister. I guess he's scheduled to pitch uh, this weekend. So that's good for the Angels that he's back. But this is a series where, in the meantime, the Astros, you know, take them back to June 27th. They were in third place. They were six games out. Now they're in second. They're two games out. They're starting to surge at just the right time. They had a game against the Rangers where they were up 10-2, to two, blew that lead. It was 11-10. That looked like one of those backbreakers. And then they came back and won it and just completely deflated the first place Rangers. So this is an opportunity, I think, for the, the Astros to really put the foot down, prove that they are not worried about the Angels, that they're going to put them in the rearview mirror and really go chase first place. For the Angels... You know, we've we've talked the idea of should they trade Otani. We've talked that to death. We don't need to bring it up a whole lot more. But this series is very, very important for them because you look up the trade deadlines only, what are we, about three weeks away? Like they need to make a decision quickly whether they're going to sell or whether they're going to really try to go for it. If they come out and sweep the Astros, okay, like do some things, try to make that wild card thing, uh, wild card spot and snap your, your postseason drought. But this could be the series, honestly, that puts them into the like makes the GM pick up the phone and go, okay, all right, we're selling. It's time. My series of the weekend is uh, Diamondbacks going to Toronto. Uh, two teams that are, uh, I think, still extremely serious contenders, but neither of them in first place right now. The Diamondbacks are kind of in a virtual tie, but two ticks behind the Dodgers right now. They backslid a little bit before the break. Corbin Carroll was the you know one of the hometown kids for the All Star game. He's led the way, 18 homers, 26 steals, just like a beautiful slash line. It's an offense that also has Christian Walker, Kettle Marte, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., who almost had a homer. Uh, kind of curled around the pole. It still feels like they haven't fully figured out their outfield situation. I'm curious to see if they do anything at the deadline, um, as well as getting a starting pitcher, which I think they need to do. They've got, uh, alongside Corbin Carroll, it's Alec Thomas, who's really struggled to get on base, and Jake McCarthy has 20 steals. So it's like a, a burner type of outfield, but I do think they, they could probably use an extra bat out there to sort of fortify and strengthen that lineup. For the Blue Jays, Vladdy wins the home run derby. Maybe that'll kickstart something for him. Only 13 homers on the season so far. Doesn't even lead the team in that uh, category. Uh, Bo Bichette does with 15. I mean, they're a, a star-studded team. They still are. They're, they're, they're a lineup you have to contend with. And uh, the way their pitching has gone lately, I think they are still a strong team if you only have to go you know, three starters deep in the playoffs. And the way this one shapes up, I love to look at the probables. It's Tommy Henry against Chris Bassett, Zach Davies against Jose Barrios, and Zach Gallon against Kevin Gosman. If Gosman kind of neutralized Gallon, that's uh, I heavily favored the Blue Jays in, in that one. So 
especially if Alec Manoa come, is is the Alec Manoa we saw last start against the Tigers, then uh, then this is a this is a, a team that could really make a run. Currently stuck in third place in that in that AL East. The Orioles, I think, can be caught, and the Rays, the way they've scuffled lately, I don't think they've done anything to tell you that there's, there's no catching them at all. I have one very unimportant, and I know i got to be quick about this because we're running out of time, but it's too weird not to share. In the All-Star Game, in the sixth inning, All-Star Game is being held in Seattle. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. comes into the game in the sixth inning. Now he comes in as a defensive replacement, but this is his first at bat. And with the score 2-1, to one, National League, he swings at a pitch loses his bat, and it flies over to the third base dugout, the National League dugout, right? Fortunately, no one is injured, but somebody brought this to my attention on Twitter. Let's go back to 2001. The All-Star Game is held in Seattle. Vladimir Guerrero Sr. comes into the game in the sixth inning. He comes in as a pinch hitter. With the score 2-1 to National League, he takes a swing. He breaks his bat rather than let it go. The bat goes flying, knocks over Tommy Lasorda over on the third base side, Lasorda is fine. Oh, by the way, Guerrero Jr. ground like pulls the ball to the left side. He grounds out to third base. It's the last out of the inning. 2001, Vlad Guerrero pulls the ball to the left side of the field. It's a fly out to left field, last out of the inning. It means nothing, but what, how does this, first of all, how does this happen? Second of all, how does somebody that I follow or that follows me on Twitter piece it together and go, hang on a minute. This reminds me of something from 22 years ago that was exactly the same thing. So Vlad was just going like wins the home run derby, becomes part of the first father-son duo in history to win the home run derby, and also becomes part of the first father-son duo in history to frighten people on the left side of the field with with an errant bat in the sixth inning with two outs and the NL leading two to one. Poetry, baby. I love that. Uh, last two series, I wanted to just say honorable mention to uh, Milwaukee, Cincinnati. Milwaukee just took two or three before the break. They're going to be right back at it. And that's sort of for the, the battle for the top of the NL Central. And the Marlins uh, going to Baltimore, a couple second place teams, certainly in wildcard position now, uh, hoping to, to keep climbing uh, in their divisions. But go fish. All right, Levi, you know what time it is. Time for the On Deck Arcade. we got a lot to catch up on here. Homer Chase, our cumulative battle where we pick one hitter and we count up their homers for the week and add it to our total. You had Corey Seager. I took his teammate, Adolis Garcia, and uh, I ended up getting three from Garcia. You get two from Seager. I stretched my lead to 15 to 12 at this point in the season. I needed that. You had a 3-0 week before that with Mookie Betts over Freddie Freeman. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm happy to take that W there. Let's talk about the other contest we're doing, though. I'd be happy to. This has been a disaster for me. The arms race, we pick one starter every weekend. We put their start head-to-head against the other guys. I currently 0-8 on the season. It hasn't been particularly close either. It's not nail biters. And you took the step of forwarding me this line, I think on Twitter, the pitching line for Aaron Savali against the Royals. Masterpiece, uh, masterclass performance by Savali. Seven innings, two hits, zero runs, zero walks, which we know that the algorithm likes zero walks, and nine Ks for an 87, uh, our highest all year. And so I had to sit around and wait till Sunday for Logan Webb. Okay, Logan Webb against the Rockies. Nine innings, seven hits, zero runs, zero walks, 10 punches. 91. Did you get your first win this week? Oh, you did it. Wow. 91 to 87, our highest scoring. Wow. Uh, game by by. Far. You know what? That's a bad break. I'll take it. I'm I'm happy with my selection. I'm fine with it. And congrats to you on your first win of the year. It is July 13th. Uh, I'm gonna tra- talk trash even though I lost this week. No, good job. That that's a big win for you. That is huge to be, to be on the board. So I'm I'm gonna let you. I'm feeling good. So I want to let you pick first in the uh, arms race for this weekend. 
Well, I was feeling uh, like the last couple of weeks, I've just sort of not put a whole lot of effort into this because I have a huge lead. Now I'm wishing that I maybe put a little more effort into it. But you know what? Uh, last week, uh, Savali did great against the Royals. I think a lot of pitchers are going to do great against the Royals. And so I'm sticking with it. I'm going with Zach Eflin against Kansas City. Yep, I had him. I had uh, Tyler Glass now on that list as well. However, I'm going to go with Luis Castillo against the Tigers. I haven't picked a Mariner yet, and they are having a fantastic rotation so far. We'll see how that one goes. We also have there, anything could happen this weekend. Probables could get pulled. You don't actually know who's going to start games, so I'm just hoping, hoping he, he picks up a ball. Hey, it's time for us to go. Thanks for listening. Thanks to producer Brian for babysitting us on this uh, long episode today. You can find our work all week long at theathletic.com. Subscribe to The Athletic for $1 per month for the first year at theathletic.com slash baseball show during our summer sale. Sign up for The Windup, The Athletic's daily baseball newsletter with Levi and Ken Rosenthal for absolutely free. Coming up next in your feed, The 3-0 Show. Derek Van Riper, Britt Giroli, Eno Saris, talking ball. You're going to love it. I'll be on vacation in northern Michigan next week, so we'll have a guest host in my chair. Give us a follow on Twitter. Levi is at 32EFIS. I'm at Stephen J. Nesbitt. The two of us will be back in a few days with more of what's on deck. By the way, it's the same animal. It's just raccoons are like this and badgers are like this, but it's it's the same animal. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.